0: If wage increases are stressing you out, today I'm going to show you how to combat those increases so you can not only survive, but thrive and not have to worry about high labor costs. Okay, how you doing today? It is Dave Allred, The Real Barman here from barpatrol.net and therealbarman.com. So brew up some coffee or tea, if you like watered down coffee, and let's have a fireside chat about wages. Now, a lot of this depends on which state you're living in. All right, some states keep raising the minimum wage, like out here in Cali. Uh, while others remain the same. But even if you're in a state that isn't raising the min-wage, you can learn a lot in this video on how to strategically snuff out high labor costs. All right, but before we start, let me say this. All right, there was a discussion on this on wage increases in my bar and restaurant Facebook group, and as you can imagine, everyone in there was whining and complaining and predicting the apocalypse for restaurants around the world. All right, and that might be true for many restaurants that don't adapt, or find other ways to rise up and succeed? All right, this is true of any business. You have to constantly readjust and acclimate to this ever-changing world, or you will become obsolete. It is the rule of business. All right, for example, look at Blockbuster. All right, and if you're younger, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You don't know what the hell Blockbuster is, but I used to love to go to Blockbuster and just browse for movies. it was fun to physically be there. It was sort of like going to Barnes & Noble. Okay, but when uh, Netflix came along, Blockbuster had the chance to adapt and adopt that same model of sending out DVDs in the mail where the customers could keep them as long as they needed before sending them back, all right? They had a chance to move forward in, into a new way of thinking, but they didn't, and do you know why? All right, besides the fact that their CEO was a knucklehead, well, it's because 16% of their revenue was from late fees and they didn't want to lose that, all right? They were preying on the irresponsibles, all right, in fact, Netflix wanted to sell their company to Blockbuster for $50 million back in 2000. And Blockbuster just laughed them right out of the office. And then 10 years later, Blockbuster filed for bankruptcy, $10 billion in debt. And Netflix, of course, went on to create an epidemic known as binge-watching. Okay, and that's just one example of a company that didn't and wouldn't think different differently. Okay, it's like that Apple ad. Remember the Apple ad? Years, uh, years ago it came out and it said, think different. All right, that's really what it's all about. Okay, so stop whining about wage increases, get creative, do something about it, overcome and adapt. Okay, so I'm done preaching, let's move on. Um, Well, what are we looking at here? Well, for many states, the mid-wage keeps going up. All right, out here in California, we have it the worst. In 2023, California is going from $14 an hour to $15.50 an hour, which is a 3.5% wage increase. All right, but we're also the most expensive state to live in, so it sort of makes sense. Now, the federal rate remains at $7.25 an hour, as it has since 2009, and according to my resources, 18 states will stay right there with the federal wage increase at seven twenty-five, including – let me look at my notes here, since I don't have them memorized, I'm sorry uh, – Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa, Wisconsin – Indiana, Kentucky, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia. That was a lot. And if you're in one of those states and you're remaining, you're not remaining at 7.25, and I got that wrong, don't blame me, blame my resources. All right? So that means that the remaining 32 states range anywhere from like $9 to $15.50 an hour, and that that means that you're your labor costs might increase like three to 6% on average, which can be deadly to your bottom line. And if you live in a state that does not have a required min wage increase, as we all know, it's very difficult to get anyone to work these days anyway. So you have to end up offering a higher higher hourly wage anyway just to fill positions. So in this video, I'm gonna show you the best ways to conquer the wage increase so you can survive and thrive. All right, so where do we even start? Well, first off, you need to determine what your wage increases are going to be, if any, for every employee on your roster. All right, your min wage employees are easy right off the bat. All right, they're not like your salary employees. You can figure this out easy. If your min wage is $725 and it's going up to $10, then it's a $2.75 increase times the number of employees on min wage. All right, but what about your other hourly employees that have been making more than min wage before this? All right, what if you've been paying your cooks $10 an hour already, but now that's the min wage right, You're probably going to have to pay them more like $13 an hour just to keep them happy because you don't want to lose anyone here. All right, and That means if the min wage is going up, then wages are going up across the board for higher employees, uh, paid employees as well. So first, you need to determine what that looks like for your labor costs as a whole, like in the big picture scheme of things. And then we'll talk about what to do about it. Okay, so let's head over to an example so I can show you what you mean. I'm going to hit to my computer here. And here, so this is a sheet that you need to make up. Something similar to this uh, to determine where you're at and where you're going to be. Okay, so what I've done here, this is just an example, so don't email me and be like, that's not realistic. I just made this up um, for a common bar restaurant. And it's kind of a small one. Uh, I just put the employee's name here, the position they're in. And what the current wage is. So in this example, this is the min wage and then the dishwashers make a little bit more and the cooks make a little bit more than that. Okay. This is their average hours per week that each of these positions work. So we can get a total number of hours. I would do like the last three months. So you can get a current, what they're currently working, what they were doing six months or a year ago, isn't going to be the same as what they're working now. So, you know, even last two months would be fine to find out what their average hours per week they're working. And then you multiply this times this to get your current cost per week, what they're costing you. So this is your current labor cost per week in this example. And if you multiply that by 52 weeks, you're going to get uh, nearly $200,000 per year you're spending on labor. All right, And then you need to factor in the uh, increase amount that we have here. So it's increasing to $10. This is the new min wage in this example. And that there, so that means it's going 275 and then for these higher paid employees, I just did $3. You could probably do 275. So it's equal across the board, but I just kind of did it to round it off over here. And these are all the wage increases. And if you multiply that times the average hours per week, this is your new cost per week. So now we're, now we're, you're spending $5,000 per week in wages. Uh, Multiply it over the year and it's $262,700, nearly $70,000 you need to make up now and just for the wage increase, just to get back to where you were. And this is a very basic model. Okay, we're not even factoring in workman's comp and possible salary increases to make managers happy about raises too, but I want to keep it very simple. Okay, not to mention that $200,000 in wages, like I have in the example, at 30% labor costs, meaning you're only doing about $50,000 per month in sales. So this is a pretty small establishment in this example. So we could be talking about trying to make up $70,000 in extra labor costs just to break even from where we were, or it could be $200,000 or more. All right, either way, how are you going to make that up? All right, well, I'm going to tell you whether it's $70,000 or $200,000, the techniques are the same to survive and thrive. So just like I did, the first thing you need to do is one, determine the current hourly wage and the future hourly wage for each employee who works for you. Okay. Two, how many hours each of them work per week. Three, what that increase looks like in a dollar amount if you keep scheduling the same amount of employees, the same amount of hours. All right, you got it? All right, and You can go back in the video and look at the Google sheet if you want uh, so you can make up something similar. You might have a more sus- uh, sophisticated tool, I don't know, whatever works for you, just figure it out. Okay. So in this example, if you did nothing else to, do, to reduce labor in order to keep your labor at 30%, assuming it's already at 30% and not worse, you would need to increase your sales by about $230 per year just to keep up. And that's for a smaller place, like we said. And that sounds a bit daunting, right? But we just need to make a plan to reduce labor on one side and increase sales on the other. So we need a bit of both to make up that ground. So let's take a look. In our example, the total number of hours worked is 460.3. Multiply that by 52 and we get 23,936 hours per year, about $24,000 hours per year. All right, now, based on what your new costs are going to be, we know that it's going to cost us about $5,000 per week to staff 460 hours, which averages out to $10.98 per hour in labor. All right, so what happens if we're able to reduce total hours work by just 10%? All right, that's 46 hours less per week, bringing the total down to 414 hours. Multiply that by excuse me, $10.98 per hour and you get $4,545.72 per week times 52 week equals $236,377. All right, subtract that from our previous projected labor cost of $262,709 and you've now saved over $26,000. You're now only $42,000 from your goal to get back to where you were. So cutting labor costs, just cutting labor, just 10% has got you 38% of the way there. All right. I know you're like, that's great, Dave, but how am I going to do that? Okay. Easier said than done. But we are looking for holes in your boat uh, that these expenses that just keep leaking into your boat and causing it to be weighed down and eventually sink. Okay, this is what happens is it's you know death by a thousand cuts. We need to go the opposite way. All right? Erase those little cuts one at a time so we can make up that money. We need to clean up your costs by doing a bunch of little things so even if you think you're doing something right, you might want to look again. Get a little deeper, a little more detailed. Okay? So let's take a look at what those little things are. We have seven of them as the title of this video indicates. And the first thing on that list is to master your scheduling. All right, this means stagger, 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 cut, 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 okay? Do not bring in any position on the floor until you need them. That means one server, one bartender at 4 o'clock, another one at 5.30, another bartender at 6, another server at 6.30, or whatever is best for your restaurant. Then, as soon as it's slow, you're cutting the floor and you're getting them out there, okay? No lingering around, doing their checkout and chatting. Tell them, do your side work, do your checkout, vamos, clock out. Okay, maybe you're already doing this to a degree, but go back and reevaluate to see if there are hours you can save. All right, finding just four hours per day, which might sound like a lot, but it's really not with all the employees that you have, that adds up to 1,460 hours per year, $16,000 saved in labor costs just for four hours a day. Okay, so master your scheduling. All right, number two, use a QR code and order and pay system. Now, I've talked a lot about this strategy recently because I believe this is where we are headed when it comes to ordering and paying when dining out. And you might not, you might like it and you might hate it. Okay, but this we talked about Blockbuster, right? They overlooked a situation that was coming and then they ended up going bankrupt. So don't ignore the signals and the signs of what's coming because you don't like it. Everyone else, especially this younger generation, they're going to start to like it. All right, right now the world is a bit divided on this. Uh, But this is where we're headed. So stop resisting and start loving. And what I'm talking about, of course, is your guests being able to scan a QR code right on their table, being able to view an interactive menu, place their orders, then the staff runs those orders to the tables, and then your guests are able to pay at the end when they're ready to leave. Okay, that's just a real quick synopsis, but there are some big benefits to using a system like this. And many POS systems are already able to do this. And I, of course, love Lightspeed. It can do this. Uh, GoTab. Is great. And at the very least, you should be implementing a pay at the table system, even if you aren't doing the ordering. All right. You, you still want your servers to take the orders. Something like pair pay is great. And at this time, like I mentioned, order and pay systems are a bit controversial. Okay. Not like, should I keep my baby controversial way? Maybe controversial is too strong of a word. Maybe more like debatable. But what's happening is half the population does not like the order and pay uh, at the table. <laughs> They want a real server to take their order in a traditional manner, and the thought of ordering from their phone pisses them off, and I get it. Okay, that's fine. All right, the other half, however, are the young and upcomers who are not only comfortable with technology, they crave it. So I'm telling you right now, what's going to happen here is that a system will eventually replace, maybe not completely, but it will be everywhere because more and more people will become used to it, just like with anything else. Okay, similar to ordering food online during the pandemic. Even older people not used to technology got used to doing that. All right, this is going to be the same thing. All right, and in an upcoming video, I'm going to show you how to implement a hybrid system with this so that there's still servers on the floor. They're providing great service while still having the guest order from their phones. Okay, there will be less servers, but the guests will still get that personable experience. You're going to save labor on it. Okay, so this is a powerful method that not only increases sales, but it lowers the labor and it's coming. So I would look into something like GoTab uh, or if you're looking for a PO PO system, check out Lightspeed. Okay, I love them. All right, number three, train your staff to be hybrids. And I don't need to go very deep into this one. You understand what that means, right? Okay, train your bussers to also be servers. Train your barbacks to be up and coming bartenders so they can fill in shifts or help pour drinks when it's busy cross train wherever you can so that not only can your employees fill in shifts for different positions but during the shift they can prefer, perform multiple tasks and i have one person in my facebook group who says that at his restaurant every employee works all positions and the staff likes it because it mixes things up and they pool their tips so they get they all make an equal share so the bartender on friday will be cooking on monday and the bar back on wednesday might be serving on thursday and since they all share tips equally they aren't stressed out about which position they're making, uh, which position they're working, and how much money they're making. And he says, like, they all make like forty bucks an hour anyway, so they're all happy. All right, this may not be for everyone. Uh, there's a lot of pushback when systems are already implemented, and you tell the utility servers that they're making the same as the cooks. You're going to get a lot of pushback on that. But uh, if you can implement something like that, uh, your your problems would be over as far as uh, everyone bitching and moaning about how much tips they're making. All right, it's worth a look. Number four. Use your POS analytics to find areas to make and save more money. And this is no small thing. All right, maybe you look at your POS analytics some, but it might seem too time consuming. But I'm telling you, there are gems in the analytics if you take a look that will help you make money. Of course, you have to have the right POS system for this. All right, some are better than others. I know I keep bringing up Lightspeed, but it's because it is my favorite. And they happen to have the best analytics of any POS system on the market, uh, now that they've you bought out upserve especially so take a look here at what their analytics can show you. I'm not going to go in deep into these but from the reports you can see things like what your busiest times are and your slowest times. Uh, the darker shade here is the busier that means the, the darker it is, the busier it is. Uh, that means you can schedule properly. you can put your stronger servers on these busier times like we talked about earlier and you can also use information to ramp up slower times with a promotion. You'll see all these white spaces here mean it's very slow. Okay, they also have this amazing menu tool called the Magic Quadrant, which not only shows you which dishes are selling the most, but which dishes actually get them to come back again and again, and which ones don't. This allows you to create a home run menu. And of course, a ton of staff analytics that show you your strongest and weakest servers, so you can schedule accordingly. Uh, That's only the tip of the iceberg. All this information allows you to make smart decisions that allow you to make more money all right so make sure you don't overlook this one all right number five improve your marketing and this this one of course everyone wants to do better Uh, as the saying in business goes sales fix everything and this isn't an episode on marketing Uh, the topic of marketing is a rabbit hole where you could get lost you know talking about the possibilities there are 100 ways to improve your marketing and I do have videos on that as well. Uh, if I were you, I would put a lot of focus on email and text marketing. It blows away every other type of marketing when it comes to ROI. You make back like forty-four bucks for every one dollar you spend. All right, no other marketing can come even close to that number. Okay, so you really need to put some effort into that. I have some videos on text and email marketing uh, that you can go look up as well. Perhaps you fear the learning curve here, uh, learning something new. But again, we need to adapt, right? We talked about adapting. It's time to adapt. It is worth it to become a master at the marketing method in your line of business that will make you the most money. Hey, running restaurants is not just about food and drinks and customer service. You've got to get them in the door and you've got to be great at it. All right, if you want, you can click up here and get my free email domination templates for free. Uh, These are 25 emails that you can steal and use as your own. You can go check that out. And I want you to remember the mantra that I preach over and over and over again. All of your marketing efforts need to be backed by the strategy of building repeat customers because they are the key to your failure or your success. All right, as I keep saying, it costs five times more to market to new people to get them in the doors than it does to your existing customers. So we need more of the existing customers, obviously. That's the math. All right, you need to get the you need to get these new people. Here's the other magic number. You need to get these new people to come in at least three times and then they're going to be locked in as a regular and your place will be packed. All right, and there's no better way to get them in three times uh, and more than email and text marketing. All right, but that's where you need to focus on When it comes to marketing, building repeat customers, no matter the strategy you're choosing, if you choose something besides email and text marketing, that needs to be your strategy backed behind whatever you're doing. Does that make sense? All right, number six, no overtime. Again, this seems obvious, but I know there are a lot of you out there who let this slide and you allow overtime and you need to stop, all right? And with that said, I understand that if you simply have a labor shortage, and you don't have the staff to cover the shifts, that you may be in a situation that doesn't give you a choice. So I get that. If that's you, then I'm sorry for scolding you. But do your best to be strict on overtime and also getting your peeps to clock out and not milk the clock like a Kentucky dairy farmer. All right? Uh, Finally, number seven, you need to rock your culture. All right? And you're like, what does culture have to do with saving money on wage increases, Dave? Well, if your staff is happy... Your staff will stay, which means you don't have to waste a bunch of time and effort and energy and money on interviewing and hiring and training new staff. That means you need to embrace the wage increases because it's going to make them happy, and there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So use it to your advantage. You're like, yeah, everybody, woo! Everybody's getting a wage increase. Everyone's getting a raise. Congratulations! Instead of grumbling as you walk by them, you're like, freaking. Stupid government make me pay my staff more money. Trying to make me go out of business. This is BS, man. Don't be a negative Nelly. Get excited for your employees. Even if you selfishly don't feel like it, do it anyway. All right? In addition, when you come into work each day, you need to kill them with enthusiasm. Don't come in all, hum, duh, duh, duh. they're going to follow your example. Have some energy. Be excited to be there. Ask them about their lives, how it's going. Get them what they need to succeed, help them bust tables, help them run food, care about who these people are. All right, this goes back to my number one philosophy in business, which is you can have whatever you want as long as you help other people get what they want, meaning when you help and get excited for them, the law of reciprocation makes them want to help you back in return, okay? Not only will will your help and enthusiasm keep them there longer working for you, but it's going to put smiles on their faces, which is always great for Customer service, of course. Okay, and it gets those customers to come back again and again, which means they become what now? That's right, you're so smart. They're repeat customers or regulars, which is the goal. Got all that? All right, now these seven strategies, even executed partially, all have potential to save you or earn you massive amounts of money to make up for the wage increases. Some of them might seem small, but they add up over the year to save you tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars each and every year. All right, don't take them lightly and don't just lay down and die and bitch and moan because wages are going up. Adapt and overcome and thrive. There's always a solution if you're just willing to do what it takes. Okay, so I want to thank you for hanging out with me today and listening to me preach and yell at you. Uh, I hope this helped you out some and I hope you make millions And millions and millions of dollars. I really do. Okay? I'm going to see you next time. I'm out.